Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he Every need he is supplying, lend us grace he bestows. Every day my way gets brighter, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he Good. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Well, amen. Take your Bible. Turn over to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1. I'm going to talk to you tonight about refueling. It's been a long couple of weeks. I know I've been a couple of months for some of you, but especially these last couple of weeks, um, it seems that things have gone uh, probably at a frantic pace. And uh, there's just been, uh, man, I mean, a lot going on. This past week, of course, uh, every night, I mean, just at it, all day, all night, it seemed like, I'm sure. And so I know that it's easy to grow weary and well-doing, and so I want to talk a little bit tonight about refueling a little bit. So Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 21, 1 verse 21. We're going to read through verse 35. They went into Capernaum, and I, I don't know why, but this sounds really hot. Now, I don't know if it's just different than normal, but if I get going here, I don't want to blow anybody's ears out. How you doing back there? You doing all right? Okay, well, then as long as you're doing okay, I'm, I'm all about it. All right, bring it on. Okay. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. 
They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had tore him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. They were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell, her, tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him, him all that were diseased, and then that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Father, we come to you tonight and ask that, Lord, you would use this simple passage this evening to encourage us, to refuel us. Father, may you speak to our hearts in a way that only you can. Thank you for bringing each and every one to this place tonight, and Lord, may they leave here with exactly what they needed. Holy Spirit of God, fill me with your Holy Ghost and allow me to be your mouthpiece tonight. May we just be encouraged this evening. We'll thank you, Father. We'll praise you for what you will do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. There was likely no busier man than Jesus during his earthly ministry. In this particular passage, we note that the Lord Jesus Christ is extremely busy again. He's teaching in the synagogue early on in the morning. He finds his way to church, if you will, and of course there he's sharing and teaching and doing all the things that he would be doing. And then along the way, he's casting out demons. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt any kind of spiritual oppression. I don't know if you've ever felt that kind of spiritual opposition, but it can be taxing. It can be very, uh, uh, very overwhelming on the body. It can affect even the physical side of your body. And I'm sure that Jesus Christ, being all man as well, felt that oppression, felt that, that, that pressure that came through ministering and fighting the demonic forces of evil. We recognize that after 
casting out this demon, word begins to spread and Jesus Christ begins to grow in popularity. Word is passed down. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have uh, television sets or any kind of social media, but they did a word of mouth, pass it around. And before it was over with, the whole city was aware of what Jesus Christ had done earlier that day in the synagogue. As he departs from the synagogue and others go about telling people what had transpired, he enters into Peter's house where his mother-in-law is sick. He'd had a busy morning and he had been fighting the elements of evil and yet he finds himself with compassion reaching out and taking the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and raising her up out of her bed of affliction. She then arises and begins to wait upon him and the others and I'm sure at this point Jesus receives a meal of sorts or some kind of sustenance to help regain some strength. But the Bible tells us that as that word begins to filter throughout the city, people begin to gather now. The whole city approaches and the whole city finds their way to Jesus Christ and he begins to heal and cast out demons all over again, one by one, one after another into the evening. Jesus was busy from morning till night. I don't know how late he went healing. I don't know how long he cast out demons, but they brought the whole city to the door. Now, I would imagine that this is not an unusual day for Jesus Christ but rather an example of the intense and demanding schedule that he kept on a regular basis. But when we arrive at verse 35, we arrive at a most interesting verse. After going night and day, probably virtually every day, I don't know about you, but if I knew somebody that could legitimately heal... There wouldn't be a family member or friend or acquaintance that didn't get to Jesus. At least not if I had anything to say about it. I can't imagine how busy this man would have been. I mean, even without social media, without people coming from around the world, I can only imagine that the city was abuzz. I can only imagine that surrounding areas were hearing about his ability and his escapades. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ had to be busy morning till night every day of his earthly ministry? And yet here we find him in verse 35. Look what the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day. He didn't wait for the sun to come up. He'd been ministering all day, and who knows how many days in a row he'd been doing that. But we find before the sun even comes up, probably he does this because he knows the moment the sun comes up, somebody will be knocking at the door saying, heal me, help me, do for me what you did for the others. 
The Bible says in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now, again, I, I don't know where you're at in, in, in your life. Uh, I, I just know that if I had been spending night and day over the last week or two, Every day, morning till night, 12, 16, 18 hours a day, serving and ministering and going through all of that. I don't know if early in the morning before the sun came up that I would be find myself in a solitary place praying. I think I probably would find myself in a solitary place sleeping. You know what I mean? And I think when I consider how much work and effort went into our program and I think about how many people sacrificed and gave to make that happen, I realize there must be many, many tired people. And I guess this verse stood out to me because Jesus Christ had to live a very tired life. Because he was, although all God, all man. And he felt the pressure and he dealt with the stress and he had to deal with the, the burdens. And I'm sure he was wore out greatly many, many times, if not always. And yet we find him refueling. One thing I've noticed in my life in ministry is the marked difference between our culture's mindset toward rest and refueling and Christ's definition or mindset. You know, as human beings, we're very prone to run to anything or everything but God for our rest and refreshment. I mean, most people's idea of effective downtime honestly includes, you know, tanning by the pool for hours. Enjoying exotic foods and drinks. Attending spectacular shows like we had. Spectacular. Going on shopping sprees and indulging in a movie marathon or playing golf. Let's face it, those are the kind of things that we think about when we think about downtime, or at least in many cases. But during Jesus' earthly ministry, he had a different means by which to find the refreshment and the refueling that he needed. <clears throat> I believe Jesus took time off. Don't misunderstand me. He had to have taken some time off from the demands of the crowds and the pressures of ministry. But if he did take time off, he didn't take time away from his heavenly father. The Bible describes several occasions when Jesus went up to a mountain alone to pray and he rose up early in the morning and spent time with God and in God's presence. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46, the Bible says, and when he had sent them away, he departed unto a mountain to pray. This was a practice that Jesus Christ kept. He would find himself alone with his heavenly father. He found himself alone in prayer. Jesus carried more weight on his shoulders than any of us could ever imagine. And yet he knew that the only way he could acquire the rest and strength that he needed for the battles he was called to fight was to spend time alone with God. The 
by all means, take some practical steps to get away and refuel. Take a long walk, a refreshing bike ride. Have a conversation with a trusted friend. Maybe go on a good old-fashioned family vacation. That's all wonderful. And these can be ways to gain perspective and encouragement along the way, no doubt. And to even help to revitalize our physical strength and our, our spiritual lives even, if and as long as we don't get away from God. I'm getting away from all this stress. I'm getting away from all these problems. I'm getting away from all this work. I'm finally going to get some rest. And we fail to meet with him. Hey, beware not to listen to the voices that would insist on escaping your devotions or time alone with God. I don't know about you, but vacation can be a deadly place as far as spiritually speaking. People are like, whoa, I can't wait to go on vacation. When I go on vacation, man, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. I'm going to memorize the book of. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this and that. It's going to be great. I'm going to have all this time finally. And, it's, and then we get done with vacation. We look back and we realize we missed six out of the last eight days devotions. We didn't memorize anything. We even skip church because we're out on vacation. And we go back to the grind and we don't feel any more refreshed than we did when we left. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Turn there, would you? Hey, I'm all about vacations, trust me. And I'm all about some time off, just not taking time off from God. That's the thing we need to be careful. Jesus Christ was as busy as anybody. And Jesus Christ, I'm sure, needed to get away. But he didn't get away from his heavenly father. And if we're going to refuel, then I just want to encourage you, indeed, get some time away. But don't take time off from God. Look what the Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Come unto me, Jesus said. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. Well, that's what we need right now, isn't it? And I didn't spend all week long every night here, but I spent a couple of days and had a pretty long week the week before. And I think, man, I told my wife, I'm feeling a little bit wore out. I could use a little rest. Well, I think I'll just go ahead and sleep. I, I think I'll take a, a half a day off. I think I'll just get away from the world and get away from work. The only problem is if I get away from God, I'll never find what, according to the Bible? Rest. And that's what we claim we're seeking. We've we got to be careful. Come unto me, he says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. I wonder if you've ever said anything or done anything that you regretted. And men, I mean to tell you, you sit around the house at night, you got time off to yourself, but you aren't off at all because the mind's just spinning. There's just something inside. Just you can't drop it. You can't get rid of it. It's eating at you. It's driving you stone nuts. 
You lay down to go to sleep, and you got all night. You think, man, I got me 10 hours straight. I could sleep for 10 hours if I really wanted to. I'm off tomorrow, and it's only 8 o'clock in the evening. You can't stop thinking about that thing that needs to be addressed or dealt with or that thing you said or did, and you lay there at night, and it just keeps you awake. You can't find any rest. Oh, you have the time. You may even have tried to fill that time with activity, but something won't allow you to rest. True rest is found in Christ and in our relationship with the Lord. Again, don't be tempted to listen to that voice that whispers, you've been working so hard. You deserve some me time right about now. You can always spend time with God later. Put your spiritual life on hold for a while and focus on you. Right? No one's ever fallen into that trap. No one has. No one here at least, right? Right? The truth is that taking time away to refresh and refuel should really flow from a motive of wanting to become stronger, more equipped to serve Jesus Christ. I mean, why do I want this strength? Why do I want this refreshing? Why is it I'm seeking this rest? It ought to be so that we're more equipped and capable and able to serve Christ. I mean, that all, that's our, our goal, right, in life is to be a good servant of Jesus Christ, to live our lives on behalf of the Lord who saved us. I mean, it ought to be, I want to be strong for you, Jesus. I'm going to need a little time to refuel so that I can better serve you. And that would be somewhat anti-productive, would it not, if our time off doesn't include Jesus Christ. I mean, it is pretty difficult to, and, and it's very physically demanding to hold this Bible or a phone with the Word of God on it. It's so difficult to read this. You know what's so much easier is to hold the phone and read all those stupid articles one after the other after the other. They just flow. It's so easy. All you do is turn your phone on, you go to this, and all of a sudden you've read six different articles or at least portions of articles in a matter of 10 or 15 minutes. Information overload. But let me, the Bible, man, this is wearisome. I'm falling asleep already. Right? You know what I mean? Why is that? It's not that it's harder to read the Bible. Than it's a spiritual battle, yes. But hold on. That's really what causes the greatest weariness in our lives is spiritual weariness. It's not the physical. Most of us will get enough sleep eventually. What we lack is that refreshing that comes from Jesus Christ who offers us real rest. Amen. 
See, the best me time is actually not me time at all, but God time. And spending undisturbed time with God, meditating and memorizing his word, prioritizing prayer, worshiping in God's house, reading Christian biographies and so forth and so on, that produces a far more lasting refreshment, refreshment, uh, refreshment to my soul than just simply sitting in front of a television day and night, day and night, day and night, and never once opening my Bible. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with watching a show. I love good shows. I do, I got to admit, it's, I love to watch a show. I like westerns. I like all kind of movies. But I got to be careful that, oh, it's my day off. I get a chance to rest. And I never once pick up God's word. I don't think about the Lord. I go on vacation and all of a sudden I leave all that behind because, you know, one of the best parts about being on vacation, you don't have to stick to a schedule. The only problem is sometimes we don't stick with him. You know what I'm saying. My wife and I, we went on vacation a few years ago. I don't know, was it the last time, a couple years ago we went and we decided we're going to memorize, what ch- I can't remember what chapter it was, but anyway, this one chapter of the Bible. I mean, that, that, we were going to do it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I hate memorizing things. I'm not a fan of trying to memorize things. But you know what? Sometimes we just got to do what we need to do. You know what I mean? If the Bible says it's important to, to hide the word of God in my heart, then I got to do it whether I like it or not sometimes. Kind of like your children, you know? You make them take baths when they don't want to. Brush their teeth, although they really hate it. You know, wash their hands before they eat. They don't like it, but what do you teach them? To do things you don't like because it's in your best interest and everybody else's too, right? So we decide we're going to memorize some scripture. Can I tell you that we did memorize scripture and boy, we worked at it and man, my wife was holding me to the fire and did I learn the chapter? No. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. But I learned a lot more than I would have, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 verses during that time. Man, let me tell you something. That, 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 was, that, was, that was awesome, really. And you go away from, you go, you just, every day, you're kind of like, kind of fired up a little bit. You know, I've learned a little more scripture, and I feel good about some things here, and I'm still getting my rest. But let me tell you what, every day I had to t- spend time. If I didn't spend any time, I couldn't learn anything. But you know what? I didn't feel like I got cheated out of rest time. Or me time. I kind of felt like, wow, I accomplished something while I was getting a break. And me and him, we kind of got to talking and getting to know each other a little better. Now listen, that's true with all of us, isn't it? Again, there's nothing wrong. Man, I love to get on a bicycle and ride. I like to, I like to run marathons and things like that. Not that I do, but I'd like to. But, but, I mean, honestly, I enjoy doing things outdoors and stuff like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Man, take your family and go for a hike. But sometime along the way, don't forget about him. Spend that time with him. 
If we truly want to refresh, if we really want to get the rest that we truly need, that, that complements not only the physical but the spiritual, then it's got to include the Lord. I mean, Jesus Christ is busy morning till night. And what's he do? It's not even light out. Makes his way out of the house, up into the mountain, and there he meets with his heavenly father and he prays. And he gains the strength he needs to do it all over again. And that's what we need, don't we? The strength to do it all over again. I don't know about you, but it seems the older I get, the more I hear about people going through difficult times. Facing death even. I think to myself, boy, sure be nice to be able to rest. Maybe even retire. And then I think, one day, I'll be where they're at. And I'll wish to God I could do it one more day. And I think, why am I being so selfish? I'll have an eternity to rest. Just give me the strength for one more day. And one more day. And one more day. And you know where that strength comes? Through Jesus Christ. I tell my wife often, there's nobody in the world I'd rather spend time with than you on this earth. Nobody. If I had to choose one person to go on a bike ride with, it'd be her. If I had to choose one person to go on a hike with, it'd be her. If I chose one person to go on vacation with, it'd be her. But you know the truth is, I wouldn't be good to her, me, or anybody else if I didn't spend time with him. And that's what we want, right? We want rest, real rest, real strength, strength that will get us through one more day. Well, I want strength for the week. You'll never find it. You just need strength for one more day. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He'll give us the rest we need. I don't want to keep you late tonight. I can't tell you how much I thank you for all the work you did. I marveled, I sat and marveled at the production and all the work that you did and all the way, the way it just turned out. It was as your pastor, I'm, maybe, I don't know if you're allowed to have pride, but I was so proud of all of you. I was proud of our church. I was proud of the Lord. Man, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't a little play. That was a big production. And you put in big time work. But I want you to be able to find the rest you really need. 
the refreshing, the refueling, and the strength to do it one more day. God bless you. And as a church, we thank you. But like the Lord Jesus Christ, let's find our way to the Father. Let's realize and recognize that when it's all said and done, we have to feed our spirit in order to find the rest and strength that we need. I got to share this before I close because it's such a good illustration. On January the 25th, you've probably heard this before. I've said it before, but it's so good. On January the 25th, 1990, Avianca Flight 52 from Columbia crashed just 15 miles short of New York's Kennedy International Airport, killing 73 passengers. The reason? The plane just ran out of gas. Under international regulations, an airliner must carry enough fuel to reach its destination as well as its assigned alternate. Plus enough extra to handle at least 45 minutes of delays. Due to low fuel condition, the Avianca pilots had requested priority, not emergency landing, but just priority. And because the exact word emergency was not used, and due to heavy traffic and bad weather conditions, the plane was placed on a holding pattern until it simply ran out of gas and came down crashing. Our fuel is Jesus Christ. We will crash and burn unless we learn to always meet with Him. Take a break. Get away. Do some practical things to just kind of refresh. But don't forget how important He is. And that if we truly want to find rest and strength, we must feed our spirits. Father, we come to you. Thank you again for all you do for us, Lord. We want to fly high for you. We want to truly honor you. But Lord, help us, Father, tonight to remember you in the midst of all of it. Lord, yes, we get weary. We get tired. But Lord, Help us, Father, to turn to you, who are, is the true source of our rest and our strength. Oh, how desperately we need you each and every day. Help us, Father. Give us the strength we need to do it one more day, to just stay at it and not quit. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye